I'm a talker. I easily admit that. Anybody who's ever met me will easily admit it. For some strange reason, people like to remind me of it all the time. Yet there are times that I do really wish I could just tell myself to shut up. And once we get into it, I'm sure you'll relate. Because there's really those moments I want to ask. Would I talk to someone else like this? Welcome back to the BU Hangout, a podcast that allows you to be yourself, whoever that might be, while chatting about all the crazy moments that make up life. Because as you all know, life is pretty crazy. I'm your host, Tiffany, and I can't wait to hang out with you. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and let's go ahead and get started. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. So I'm just coming to the realization. If you listen to the preview that I posted um, before the season started, you'll probably recognize almost everything that I'm going to ready to say. And so I feel like every season there's going to be this one episode that I'm like, should I have posted this? Maybe I shouldn't have posted this. I, I really debated this back and forth. And with this one, it's not so much that I'm debating should I have posted it. I think it's a really good topic and I think it's definitely something that we need to talk about. But I debated if I should try to find a guest to talk to you guys about it because, you know, I've been very honest with you. I am not any type of psychologist or, you know, any coach in any way, shape or form. Um, Although, in some ways, I think we all coach each other, you know, like you have your friends that you go to and they're there for you and help and explain things to you and listen. And, you know, maybe we're all psychologists, maybe we're all coaches. It's just some of us have a speciality, would that be the correct way to say that? You know what I mean, in, in that field. So being that I'm not any of those people, um, I really wondered if this was something I needed to find someone else to come in and talk to you about. But then, you know, I sat down, I thought about it, prayed about it. um, And it just really came to me what I felt like I could say on this topic. And let me tell you, I've had plenty of experience on this topic. Um, And I just felt like this was something personal that I wanted to share with you. So sit back, um, You know, I normally say grab your drink of choice, but let me tell you, if it wasn't early in the morning when I was recording this, a glass of wine might be on the menu. Uh, So if you want to grab a glass, by all means, because we're going to get a little deep here, y'all. We're going to talk about the ways that we talk to ourselves. So you, you know how they have those commercials or the cartoons and people are making decisions and they have those little, what are they supposed to be like an angel and a demon or whatever, like on one shoulder and the other. And, you know, the bad person of themselves is telling them all the things they, they want them to do that everybody knows they shouldn't. And the good person of themselves is like, no, 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 no. That's not what you do. I feel like I have that inside, except for that it's not so much the good person telling me what to do or the bad person telling me what to do, but more so 
the good things I say to myself and the not so good things that I say to myself. And that's putting it very, very mildly. Um, And I tend to call them Jessica and Gertrude. And Jessica actually is, it's a funny story. When I was a kid, my mother, I'm an only child and I wanted siblings. My mother told me that I could, I could have some. And I made up this family of like 20. I don't even remember. I just know it was some ridiculous amount. I had like four twin sisters, which I guess that would make us quadruplets. Um, I had like five older brothers. I don't even remember. It was like a ton of people. And I came to my mother and I showed her all these people with all these different names and ages and, and everything else. So she was just like, I would have had to start having kids when I was like two for you to have these siblings. And so she let me keep four because she was a little quirky, but she let me keep four. And I kept one sister and it was Jessica and she was my twin sister. So every once in a while, you know, that's like my alter ego is Jessica. Jessica is a little outspoken. She's, she's protective. She, she's a little, she's a good time. She's good. She's good fun. Um, and Jessica is my, my one that she's very positive. Like I said, she's supportive. She'll kick anybody's butt that comes at you. You know, like she's like, no, 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 we're good. Stop talking to me. Stop trying to make things wrong. No, like do it, do it now. She, she's that good sister. Gertrude on the other hand, and I really don't know where I got the name Gertrude, but it seems to be popping up a lot lately. Gertrude is that frenemy, you know, that you had in school that is very nice and sweet and, and think mean girls, you know, it's like, oh, so you think it's okay that you did that? But deep down, they, they're telling you it's not. And then they give you all the wrong advice, but thinking that they're giving you good advice, you know? So that's Gertrude. Gertrude talks more than I need Gertrude to talk. And there has been plenty times that I really just, I personally, not even Jessica, just want to smack Gertrude because there's so many times, and I know you can relate to this, that you're in situations, things happen, and Gertrude pops her little ridiculous head, almost got her stupid head, but either way, pops her head up and she's got something to say about it and it's never anything good. And it's never about the other person. It's always about you. And it's really, I was talking to a friend recently. It's really funny because I was telling her about Jessica and Gertrude kind of thought period. Because she was talking about how, it was something about how she doesn't always feel like her friends want to want to be around her or want to hang around her um, because of something that she did or something wrong with her or it was internal like that she somehow was making her friends not like her and I was like that's really weird because that sounds like Gertrude you know and unfortunately I have dealt with that and I've or fortunately rather I have dealt with that and so I have a different perspective on that now but like, that's what Gertrude does. You know, like your friend says something and Gertrude's like, uh-huh, see, she doesn't like you. Why would she like you? You know, you're nobody fun to hang out with. You never do anything for her. You you never are there. You, why would anybody want to hang out with you? Because 
I mean, you don't ever do anything fun. You don't ever go to like parties or, or club. like she just goes on and on and on and just complete and utter downer. And then she gets in your head and starts thinking about stuff. And every time you want to do something, Gertrude's like that person that wants to keep you in your comfort zone because she's comfortable, right? Like if you're not doing anything too over the top, then you're not risking being hurt or failing or any of that. And you're you're comfortable. And Gertrude's comfortable in my mind. That's how I look at Gertrude. She wants to keep me in my comfort zone. But you're but you can't grow. You can't change. You can't, you know, do things. What's the quote? If your dreams aren't big enough or if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. You can't have those big dreams if you're in your comfort zone. If you're listening to Gertrude, who's like, why should you go back to school? You didn't do so well before. Like, um, did you even make friends? Did you go to class? Uh, I think you failed some classes, didn't you? Like, you didn't enjoy it. It was bad. You know, the Gertrude says these type of things to you when you meet a new guy. Oh, he's not gonna like you. He 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 just wants you know the woohoo. Um, and then once he does, he's gonna walk away because that's what guys do, especially guys you know, because you know you have a bad track record of ever finding anybody that's good. Every guy you ever try to go out with, he he don't look back at you. He don't say anything to you. Like you always end up hurting alone and everything. You know why? Why should you do this? Why should you do? that like Gertrude's that person and sometimes you need a Jessica to to tell Gertrude to shut up you know and tell you no you don't know this guy could be different this guy you know he 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 approached you differently he didn't he didn't come up to you at a club like trying to grab on your bottom and and whisper in your ear and tell you all this stuff that most of the guys that you've ever met does no he was like really respectful and nice and and things but sometimes you need to take the bull by the horn and you need to say to yourself I wouldn't say these things to a friend why am I saying them to myself like why am I talking to myself in this negative derogatory way I need to to figure that out. And so today we're talking about how we start doing that because it's a hard thing to do. Gertrude is persistent. She is a persistent little, you fill in the blank of whatever word you want to put in there, but you know the word. She is, she is relentless and she looks for every, each and every opportunity to make you stop and rethink everything. Like, okay. Here is one of my biggest how I talk to myself struggles. So you know how everybody says that if you're really passionate about things or when you find a job that you really love, like you should just jump out of bed as soon as the alarm goes off. Your feet should hit the ground and you should just be pumped and you should be ready for the day and you should be so excited because you get to do what you love. We've talked about my sleep issues and my morning routine and and um I am just not a morning person. I have never been a morning person. I have never 
been one of those people that just bounces up bright as the sun and is like, yay, we're awake and it's a new day and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be great. That's not me. I am like, oh, did that alarm go off? Oh my good Lord. I, it feels like I just laid my head down. Sometimes I did just lay my head down and I am just like, oh, you know, I got sleep in my eyes. I'm I, I, you know, I'm, t- I'm still tired. I, I don't want to talk to people because I feel like there's a frog in my throat and I'm grouchy because I'm up and I'm just not a morning person. You know, I, it's not me. And if you're one of those people who can wake up bright eyed, bushy tailed, more power to you. Most of my family are, and I think they drive me crazy and I may drive them crazy. That's okay. Uh, But I think the majority of us are not those people. And it's not even so much that we're not excited or we're not happy about our, our jobs or we don't love our jobs. We don't love what we do. It's just we're not a morning person, right? Like we're just not. And so whenever people start talking about how passionate they are about their job and how much they just, they can't wait to wake up in the morning or they stay up to like three o'clock in the morning, still working on the things that they're doing because it's so great and it's awesome. And it's like, they're just so excited to do what they do. Gertrude comes in and Gertrude is like, you don't wake up like that. You barely get out of bed. You sure you like that? Maybe this isn't what this isn't the career for you. You just you've never been passionate about anything that you do. You've never been this. You've never been that. I don't even know why you even keep trying to do that job. Like you need to go find something else. And I mean, it's a constant battle of wills every single day. But what I've learned in this battle is that. You have to give yourself grace and you have to understand yourself. And more important than anything else, we really got to stop comparing ourselves and our journey with other people. Because what's a struggle for me is not necessarily a struggle for you. And what's a win or a success for me, you may not find that as a success. Like that may be base level for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with with your journey. There's nothing wrong with how you get out of bed. Like I said, if you're a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed person, you you get out of bed and you be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, the world needs more of you. Okay? But I've learned how to work with how it works for me. And that's in giving yourself that grace and understanding, you know, yeah, I may not get out of bed at 5.30 in the morning. And every day, every time I watch a workshop, every time I listen to somebody who talks about like how they run their business and they talk about how, you know, their morning routine starts at five in the morning or six in the morning. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds painful. Um, But it makes me feel guilty because I'm not getting up. And Gertrude's talking, telling me I should be up because everybody else who, who are successful, they're up. And, you know, I have, I've learned that even if I got up at five o'clock, I am not going to be as productive as I would be getting up at seven. 
Like, it's really kind of a waste of time for me to get up at five o'clock because I'm not going to walk as fast around my house. I'm not going to do as much around. I'm, I'm, you know, and I've, I've done it. I've pushed myself to get up at five. I've pushed myself to get up earlier. I had a job at one point. I was supposed to be there at like 630, I think, every morning. I got there closer to seven because I, I literally am not a morning person. They threatened to fire me if I didn't start getting there on time. Um, this is just not my good time. That's not my good time. And, you know, some people, they talk about how they work from five to six in the evening. And then, you know, they they do their night routines and everything else. And, you know, sometimes I work different hours. Sometimes I'm up at 10 and I'm more bright-eyed and bushy-tailed than I would have been at five. And that's when I'm working. And that's when I'm doing what I need to do. It's about finding what works for you. It's about understanding yourself and giving yourself grace to understand that you don't need to do it the way other people do it. Yes, you can take tips and you can take advice from other people. And when I listen to those people who are up at five o'clock in the morning and they're talking about how they do their job and all the different things that they do, I'm writing down what it is they do. And then I'm figuring out how I can work that into my day and into my time frame because five doesn't work for me. It really, whenever I get up, by the time seven rolls around and I'm actually more coherent, I'm like, man, I really could have just stayed in bed until seven and probably been just as productive, you know, but it's how we talk to ourselves and it's very hard to change. It's not something that's easy. Like I said, it is a daily constant, almost minute to minute struggle of conversation of how I relate to things and how things work and how my brain works. And another way that you can help change that is sometimes we need to change the content we're taking in. If everything that you're taking in almost supports that negative conversation, you need to start taking in some positive. You know, um, we had Coach Kim on and she's got some amazing things that she's got going on. If you paid attention at the end, go to her website. She sends out such wonderful stuff and, you know, that's giving you positive vibes and letting you know you're okay and that you can do this and that you got this girl, right? And there are so many people out there. There are, oh, what is the... There's a Twitter person that I follow all the time and she has like these most, the most amazing tweets. Um, I feel like it's like single ladies are enough or something like that. And she, and it's not just about being single. It's just about being just good, just about how amazing you are. And she has these wonderful tweets. I love when her tweets pop up, you know, um, changing the books that you read. If if you're worried about going back to school and you're not sure that you can, you can hack it, like, or you have that voice in your head telling you you can't, look, there are books out there that are all about learning. There's documentaries, there's online classes. There's so many different things that you can do that you can, you can, that can be your starting point. That's point A. Okay, we go to the library, we go to the bookstore. Okay, we go to the library, we go to the bookstore, we get a book about, I don't know, 
learning a foreign language or um, statistics or whatever it is that you think might be your hardest subject or or what you might have the biggest problem with if you go back to school and you learn that. Maybe you look online and you see, is there like a, a quick class that we could take? Skillshare is amazing at you, these random classes that you could take. Um, there's another one that's like that. It comes up on my Apple TV and I never remember the name of it because I always think Skillshare first. But uh, there's so many different like places that you could, that could be your starting point, if you will, that you can start to change that conversation about yourself. You know, if it's something that's extremely serious where you're, that person, Gertrude, or whatever you call them, is telling you you need to harm yourself. Don't wait until you have something in your hand. And this is this is from somebody who I did not think I was gonna go there, but In college, I was, I had a moment of seriously contemplating ending my life. College was a very, very hard time for me. And there was a lot of things that I, I didn't, I, that had happened in my life that I hadn't dealt with. And here I go. Dang it. I am not going to cry again. Um, there was a lot of things that had happened that I hadn't dealt with. And I hadn't, I hadn't listened to um, the positive people in my life. I listened to some of the the negative things that were being said, and I listened to a lot of the negative things that I was saying to myself. And a lot of the things that I was doing at the time were very destructive. They were, um, I mean, like I wasn't doing drugs or or um, dating abusive men or anything like that. They were more personally destructive, if you will. Uh, it was, it was a very hard time and it was an extremely hard time to get out of my own head. And my own head was not a good place to be. (laughs) It was, um, it was a very scary place to be. And I think even the friends that I had at the time if I asked them, they probably wouldn't have told you that they ever had a thought that I would have done something like that. Like, I don't, I don't think they would have, would have even known because I, I kept it very close to the vest. Um, how close to a breakdown I really was. And it took leaving my room with two of my best friends who I would still call my best friends to this day, um, studying in my room and standing at the top of, of some stairs 
and just wondering, would this kill me? Like, if I just fell, would it be done? Like, would it be over? Like, maybe I should give it a chance and see. And it scared me how close I was to actually doing it. Because it was it was something that I I thought and I wondered, but I, you know, I was just kind of like, no. Like I would talk myself out of it all the time. Or I would come up with a reason why, you know, this wouldn't work. And so many different things. But it was standing there. I really had no reason to talk myself out of out of it. And that 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 scared me because I couldn't come up with how to talk myself out of it. And I I remember I was supposed to be going to take a final if I recall correctly. I didn't go take it. I actually ran back to my room because I was so scared that if I stood there any longer, I if I didn't do that, I was going to do something. And I ran back to my room. I think my friends were like, what happened? And I, I made up something. I don't even know. And then I went to the bathroom and I think I went in the shower and I just like, I, I just cried. Like that was all I could do was just cry. And I knew I needed help because I wasn't getting out of my head. And this was a conversation that I had going on for I was fortunate. I had I had it going on for like maybe a month in my head of contemplating ways and figuring out ways and and coming up with different things that I could do. And you know, some people I just did I I I was just working for a lady who she um she's in education and she was doing a workshop that I was um recording for her and what was like there was a she was talking about teen suicide and there was a girl who in 20 minutes of from one thing happening to 20 minutes later she had gone up to her room and she'd hung herself and so I was very fortunate that maybe I didn't have that follow through or that I had Jessica who kept telling me, no, this isn't right. Like, don't do it. Um, you know, all the reasons that she or my inner strength kept telling me not to do this because I really could have been that person who in 20 minutes made that snap decision and I wouldn't be here with you now. And there's, so many things since college that I would have missed out on good and bad. And I don't, I don't take any of them for granted, but I know my lowest point now. I know what that downward trajectory is like. So if you have that voice in your head and if you have those thoughts and that that's what you're t- telling yourself that you you don't deserve to be here that you don't need to be here talk to someone because that was the best thing that I could I could do that was the only thing I could do was finding someone who who does have those degrees and and does know what to say to you or how to listen to you um to help me because 
I, I couldn't help myself. And there are times that we can't, but I'm, I'm so grateful that I did because now I understand that voice and I understand those moments. And like I said, good and bad, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for Gertrude, even when Gertrude gets on my nerves because A, she doesn't say those things to me anymore. There, there's times she, she starts to go there, but now I know how to stop her. And there, there's times when I know that she's leading me into a, a great depression. And like, I know who to call. I know the people to talk to, to help me out. And it's, 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 it's a thing, but it's, you have to learn, like I said, yourself, and you have to learn how to change that conversation in your head. And it's not easy. And sometimes it takes therapy. I'm a, I'm a strong believer in, in therapy. Oh my y'all. I was at a, a thing at a church and this lady, I mean, seriously, because she was older and I wanted to be respectful. But let me tell you, she started talking about how um, somebody told her she might be depressed or told her son or or somebody that they might be depressed and they need to talk to a therapist. And she told and when they told her that she was like, uh-uh, we're black, we don't do that. And I wanted to smack her because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't know what you might have done right there or how much that might have helped or anything like that should never be a conversation. And it unfortunately, it is a strong conversation in the black or African-American community that because we are or because that's that's a white people thing, you know, therapy and and depression and what have you. We we're too strong for that. We went through slavery. That's some some serious BS. There's no other way to put that. As someone who has been diagnosed with depression, as someone who has struggled and gone to therapy and who is black or African American, let me tell you, yes, we do get depressed and yes, we do need therapy. And that's probably some of the reasons that we might have some of the issues in our society and in our culture right now is because we didn't perpetuated these conversations. But that see, that would take us into a whole different um different podcast let me tell you because i can go whoop i i can go down there for you because i was serious, i was like how how can we still think that in this day and age therapy is not a a white thing it's not a a caucasian thing it's not an asian thing it's not a hispanic thing it's not cultural it's not um sexual in the sense of only women need therapy and men don't or vice versa. Like if you are at a point where the voices that are in your head and by voices, I don't mean, you know, like, like serious voices where you definitely need to talk to somebody. Um, But that inner voice is saying things to you and getting you to do things that you know you shouldn't do. 
yeah, you you might need to talk to somebody. Or if you can't change that voice in your head and you don't know how to get out of your own way to do the things that you want to do, yeah, you need to talk to somebody. And whether it's a therapist, whether it's a coach, whether it's your priest or your pastor, whether it is, you know, your mom, your best friend, somebody you need to talk to them. And I would suggest it not be your mom or your best friend because, and I'm going to say this and this is going to sound weird, they love you, right? And like love sometimes blinds you in in some ways. And not that your priest or your pastor shouldn't love you. I mean, in theory, they, you know, you're part of their congregation. They should be there for you. Um, But they also have a different type of training, especially if they've gone to like seminary school and, you know, and different things like that. They have a different type of training of how to speak to you and how to, how to talk to you. And, you know, maybe that's your first step. And if they don't help you, then you go to a, a therapist or a coach or somebody else who, who can get you out of your head and who helps you understand that this voice that's speaking to you isn't isn't helpful, isn't trying to get you from point A to point B, but mainly it's destructive because that's what Gertrude is. She's destructive. (laughs) And she, and I don't think it's intentional destruction, except for that she wants to keep you in your comfort zone, but it's, it's a destructive conversation and it's a hard conversation to turn off, but it can be turned off. Can it be turned off 24 seven? I don't know. You know, I've I've gone through therapy and I've talked to people and I have, you know, a minister and a therapist that I call right now if things get crazy. But sometimes she does still rear her ugly head. She still comes at me. And so that's why I'm like, I don't know if it's something that you could turn off all the time. And it never sneaks back in because life pushes at you. And there's always those moments where I think we let them, that voice in. You know what I mean? Like when I'm listening to that, per, to that workshop, I'm there to learn about business and about strategies for growing my business and about um, how to be a better you know, person for my clients and everything else. But I hear, I wake up at 530 and it's not even that that's what I'm there to hear. I'm there to hear, you know, like how to be better on on social media and how to, to run a better podcast or whatever. And somehow I get stuck at the 5 a.m. And then Gertrude starts telling me, see, you can't do that because you don't wake up at 5 a.m. Right. So like, that's not even what I'm there for, but what therapy or what a friend or what a coach or changing the way that you speak, like the things that you're consuming does for you is it teaches you when she starts saying, see, you can't do that because you don't wake up at 5 a.m. You can come back and say, no, but I stay up until midnight. So let me tell you what I can get done. Right. You know, or it makes you say, I know I don't get up at 5 a.m., but have you seen how productive I am when I get up at 7? It makes you say, I know I can't get up at 5 a.m., but that's them. I'm doing me and I need to take these notes. 
You know, when you go back to school and your teacher hands you a syllabus and they start telling you telling you words that doesn't make sense because you didn't take microeconomics and you're like, I, I don't know these. And Gertrude's like, see, I told you, you're going to flunk this class because you shouldn't have came back to school anyway. That's just a waste of money. You could be like, but uh, I got a library card so I can go look it up. I got a dictionary at home. I can go do it. I can talk to Alexa. She can tell me what this word means. What do you have? I'm good. I'm going to take these notes right here so I can I can be on my game. Because I took accounting in college. Y'all, I am not a numbers person. I, I am an English creative person to my heart and to my soul. And I had to take accounting because, you know, it's a base course. Or, you know, one of your gen eds and everything like that. And I praise God every day for the fact that my cousin was an accountant, even though she swears she's not an accountant. Um, but she worked in accounting at a bank is what I told her. So I was like, you need to help me. Um, and every time I was in class and that voice would be like, you can't do this. Like, so you don't even know what that professor is saying to you. I'm like, nope, but my cousin does. Watch me go to her tomorrow night. Yep, I'm gonna get this right here. Uh because that was all I had. That was the best I could come up with was that my cousin could talk me through this. And did I ace accounting? No, but I passed accounting because she was there and, and Gertrude had to shut up. Right. So there we go. That's all you need. You may not have to ace the problem, but if you can get the problem done and you can get it solved, you're good. Right. That's what we're looking for. If you can keep moving, if you can keep growing, then that shuts her up. And then you you got one more thing under your belt. So the next time she comes at you and she's like, you can't do this, you can't do that. You're like, really? Because you told me I, I thought I couldn't do this and I thought I couldn't do woo-woo. And look, I'm here. I got that done. So that means I can get this done. Okay. So what else you got? Let's keep going. Because I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm on my grind. I'm hustling. I'm I'm moving. I'm shaking. Whatever phrase you need to use, I'm being me, 100% out loud to the max. I got this. And you know, even if you have to, what's the thing um, people do all the times? It's not the mantras, um, though it's like a mantra, but it's like the positive affirmations. I used to have a positive affirmation around money every morning that I tried to say because someone told me it would manifest money. And I mean, not that it didn't help. I don't, I mean, I could have, I, I made some money in that time frame. Uh, but like, even if you have to do a positive affirmation every morning, you know, what's the one from the help? You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Uh, if that's all you got, go with it. You know, like I am smart. I am kind. I am important. I am here and I am winning today. If that's your mantra every time you get out of bed, amen. I'm here for it. I'm there. So uh, we didn't gone over our time a little bit. And I mean, I could keep going. Believe me, I could keep going about this this topic. But I I don't want to take too, too much time because we've gone there. Um, So if you have any questions, if you have any comments, By all means, leave them in the comments section. Be sure to follow me on all of my social medias, which are always linked in the show notes. And, you know, talk to your friends, talk, talk to your, your, your family, talk, talk to other people, because as someone who's been on that edge, 
when I tell you communication is key, communication is key. So, so check in on your people, you know, find out how they're doing and, and don't just let them be like, I'm fine. Because as someone who's, that's her favorite statement, I'm not always fine. So, you know, maybe dig a little deeper and, and check with them. Keep, keep on them a little bit, not to the point where you drive them crazy, but you know, just, just make sure. And, and if you have that voice that's saying the wrong thing to you, talk to someone, whoever that someone needs to be. That's my PSA for the day, if you want to say. Um, so I will talk to you guys next time. I hope I haven't depressed anybody. Um, but I also hope that who this needed to touch, it touched. And if my story can help somebody else, then that's what I'm here for. So by all means, until next time, be blessed, be loved, be safe. And above all, be you. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.